0: Happy Mother's Day to all our FWC moms. We're so glad you've joined us today on uh, live stream, FWC online live stream. And it's Mother's Day, and we wish all of our mothers a very happy Mother's Day. I have a mother standing beside me. Now, I know she doesn't look like she's old enough to be a mom, but can you believe she has three grown Boys, three grown boys in their 20s, and they live in various parts of the United States of America, and her and her husband, this is Victoria Bowling, her husband is Mark, he's here with us in the sanctuary today. They are missionaries, missionary evangelists, and they are traveling now in Pakistan and in the Middle East countries and are absolutely seeing revival. We have pictures of them in crusades of 10,000 people and more. And we invited Victoria to come today because she is not only a mom, but she also works with mothers in Pakistan who are unfortunately uh, debtors and are slaves in the brick kills and they raise their children there, and many of those families live there for their, their entire lives because it's impossible to get out of debt. And then not only does she work with moms in Pakistan, she works with moms on the street of some of our major cities as her and her husband uh, have a street ministry where they feed and minister to moms and the less fortunate every single week all over the United States. So. We wanted to ask her to come and share with our moms today. So I'm thrilled to present to our FWC family and our people watching FWC online around the world, Miss Victoria Bowling. Take it away, girl.
1: Thank you so much. It's such an honor and a pleasure for me to be here with you today. Um, Like Pastor Eddie said, we're missionary evangelists. We minister all over the world. I've been married to my wonderful husband for almost 27 years. Uh, We basically went straight into the ministry as soon as we got married. And we basically started having babies as soon as we got married. So we have three sons. They're 25, 23, and 22. And I'm very happy to say they all love Jesus. Amen. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms Um, When Pastor Eddie asked me to come and share, um, I was so excited, but my first thought always when I go to prepare to minister is that I want to share something with you that I have walked out. I want to share something with you that I have processed in my own life because then when I deliver it to you, there will be a grace on it That will come into your life as you hear, as you absorb, and then as you do it. A grace will come into your own life. So that's what I'm here to do today. That's my assignment today. For me as a mom, the most challenging part of motherhood has been to keep myself okay as my children walk out various challenges in their own lives. If you're a mom, you can relate to that. From the time our children are born and they're infants, throughout their childhood, on into adulthood, for as long as they're alive and we're alive, they walk through circumstances that can be very challenging, very disappointing, very painful, and as moms, we tend to walk through those things with our children, and we tend to carry the emotion of what they're going through in our hearts. That's the way God designed us. We're connected to our children in a profound way. Now, even if you don't have a child, if you're a woman and you're in a local church, you are called to mother somebody. So this actually applies to all the ladies, and actually, it's going to apply to everyone, but we're honoring moms today. We're honoring God, and we're honoring moms today. Now, you might be a mom, or a mommy, or a mama, or a ma. I grew up calling my mom ma. I guess that's like some of you might not know what this is, but a little house in the prairie—they called their mom "ma." My kids, my two oldest kids, call me "mama," and my baby, who's not really a baby—he's 22—he calls me "mom." But no matter what they call you, this applies to you. This applies to mothers. This message will help you. God loves moms so much. So very much. He wants us to be emotionally stable. He wants us to be steady. Not full of anxiety and distress and worry. But as moms, that can be very challenging. Think back, if you're a mom, to when you, you know, brought your little baby home. Maybe that's you right now. You're just figuring out how to care for your baby. And maybe they're crying a lot, and you don't know why, and you worry, are they getting enough to eat? Does something hurt? You know, I'm walking the floor all night long with this screaming baby, what's the matter? So, like, from the very beginning, there are worries. A mom is very concerned about things like that. We, uh, when our children have joy... That joy is our joy. When they have pain, their pain is our pain. When they have disappointments, their disappointment is our disappointment. I'll never forget when we were going through a particularly difficult time with one of our children, and we found ourselves in a Christian counselor's office. And he looked across to me, and he said... Victoria, no matter what your son is going through, you need to be okay. When he said that, I thought, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. That's impossible. How can I be okay when my son is not okay? That was several years ago. And thank God, through the process of time and learning a few things and growing, I came to realize he was exactly right. The wonderful thing is, we can be okay, even when our kids are not okay. And guess what? They need us to be okay when they're not okay. When things are going on in their life that present challenges to them, and they're walking through things, they need the strength and stability of a mom who can stand in faith with them and walk through. Amen? Um, You've probably flown on an airplane. This illustrates it perfectly when they're talking about the safety features and the oxygen mask comes down. And she says, make sure you put your oxygen mask on first before you help the people around you. Why? Because if you're so busy trying to help everyone else, but you're not getting what you need, that is not going to end well you you have to take care of yourself. Amen. 3rd John chapter 2. 3rd John chapter 2 says, "Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health, just as your soul prospers." God wants our souls, the souls of a mother, the heart of a mother to be healthy. A healthy soul affects the body. Now, we know that when we're born again, our spirits are recreated in Christ Jesus, made perfect, right? Our spirits are brand new. The spirit man on the inside of us, the hidden man of the heart, then, should affect our soul. But that only happens when we yield to our spirit, when we side in with our spirit, and we renew our minds. Amen. The soul of a mom, the soul of anyone, but it's Mother's Day, the soul of a mom is her emotions, her mind, right? I know you here at this church have been taught very well about things like that. So God wants the emotions, the heart, the mind of a mother to be healthy. What causes a soul to be unhealthy? Trauma. When bad things happen, and unfortunately, because we live in this fallen world, bad things come to everyone. And when trauma happens, it wounds the soul, not the spirit, the soul. It can produce anxieties, worries, and fears. And if not dealt with property properly, It can cripple, cripple somebody. Psalm 38, excuse me, Psalm 37, verse 8. Woo, let's try that again. Psalm chapter 37, verse 8, the second part says, Do not fret, it only causes harm. Do not fret, it only causes harm. What's the only thing fretting will do? cause harm. What is fretting? It's constantly worrying, constantly being anxious, a feeling of uneasiness and distress, upset and overly concerned. If you're a mom, you have probably experienced that with your kids. I know I have. But the only thing that will do is cause harm. What kind of harm? It opens a door. For demonic oppression to come into your soul. Not your spirit, your soul. Proverbs twelve twenty five. Proverbs chapter 12 and verse 25 says, Anxiety in the heart of a person causes depression. Did you hear that? Anxiety in the heart of a person causes depression. A lot of times, if you're dealing with depression, it's because you're dealing with anxiety. Anxiety brings that depression into your life. But a good word makes it glad. You know, we already talked about mothers with new babies, how they can be upset and worried if they're taking care of their baby properly. What about when they get older and they go to school And all of a sudden, all these new challenges open up. Maybe they have issues with friends at school. Maybe they have a teacher who doesn't like them. Sometimes kids get bullied. A mother carries all of this in her heart. As they grow older and they, they start working, maybe they have trouble with a boss. Maybe they have trouble at their work. Sometimes our grown children have relationship problems. Sometimes they have financial issues. Sometimes they have health problems. Sometimes our kids walk into sin instead of away from sin. Sometimes our kids get addicted to drugs. Sometimes our kids end up homeless. My husband and I minister, whenever we're in Tulsa, we minister every Tuesday night to, uh, we call them street survivors. I often look out at all the street survivors and I think every single one of these people has a mom. And my heart goes out to her. God does not want moms to live with the cares and the pain and the anxiety of everything that their children go through. Even in our culture and society today, you will hear things like, a good mom worries. If you didn't worry, you, you wouldn't be a good mom. It's a mom's job to worry. Oh, wow, what a great job. Thank you. No, that's not true. Just because everyone's saying something doesn't make it true. The Lord Jesus Christ paid the price to remove all that from our cluttered souls. I want to take a few minutes and share part of my testimony because it'll help you. It'll bless you. Several years back, crazy things started happening with our sons. It was like one thing after another, and it wasn't just little things. It was life-altering things. It was the kind of things that I never imagined could hit my family when I held my babies in, in my arms when they were newborn. And here I found myself, with all these circumstances, with our children. I did not handle it well. It produced a great amount of anxiety in me. And while we're busy doing the work of the ministry, which never stopped, I carried with me this intense anxiety over the heartbreak, over what had happened to my children. Because of that anxiety that I didn't deal with, depression settled in on me. For six months, I went to bed crying, and I woke up crying. My darling husband didn't know what to do because here we are traveling ministers and he can't take me with him because I can't sit on the front row and cry. <laughs> but he doesn't want to leave me home because there were actually times, you know, he was afraid I might hurt myself. Because waking up every morning knowing what was going on with my kids, it was too much for me. So, During this whole time I was not backslidden. I was praying, I was seeking God, I was in the word, I was doing everything I knew to do. I also owned a cleaning company at that time, so often I was um, cleaning houses. And I would have two to three anxiety attacks, major anxiety attacks, every day. And I would just have to lay in the middle of the floor of the house I was cleaning and shake till it passed. I ended up in the ER because I thought I was dying, you know, from a stroke or a heart attack. And they diagnosed me with panic disorder. It was hell on earth. It was crippling. I still love Jesus. I was still seeking him. And one day, one of my dear mothers (laughs) in the Lord a dear friend, who prays for me, and uh, she's like a mom to me. She called me and she said, Victoria, I have a word from the Lord for you to help you get out of this. I was all ears. I couldn't wait. Tell me what it is, Gwen. Tell me. She said, the Lord said, every time you feel that anxiety coming upon you, Every time you feel that overwhelming distress coming upon you, he wants you to speak this out your mouth. I am righteous by the blood of Jesus. Now when she said that, I have to admit, I was almost a little offended. Here I am suffering, going through hell, and all I need to do is say, I am righteous by the blood of Jesus, and everything's just going to be okay? I mean, I thought, I graduated from Bible college. I already know that I'm righteous. My husband and I preach the gospel all over the world. That's our job. I already know this. But then I shut all that off, and I thought, you know what? If she asked me to do something difficult, I probably would have done it I can do this so I began to do that every time I would be driving down the road and these thoughts would come you don't know how to drive you're going to crash you're going to crash you're going to crash and I would I would begin to shake and have to pull the car over the side of the road but I begin to say every time I am righteous by the blood of Jesus it was about a two-month process. I wasn't just saying it. I was thinking about it. I was meditating on it. I was speaking it, and little by little, that anxiety and depression completely left my life. God healed my soul. He healed my wounded soul as I focused in on my identity in Christ. I was so relieved, and everything changed for me. My kids are still walking through some of the same things, but I was waking up in the morning with joy. I wasn't crying every day. Now, one day I was cleaning a house, and my husband texted me, and he was so excited. He said, Victoria, you've got to hear these scriptures I just found. They show us why that worked for you. Why saying, I am righteous by the blood of Jesus, why that healed you. So he, he texted him to me. Isaiah 54, verse 14. Listen to this. This is awesome. In righteousness you shall be established. Did you hear that? What did God have me saying? I am righteous by the blood of Jesus. In righteousness you shall be established, and you shall be far from oppression, for you shall not fear, and from terror, for it shall not come near you. The second scripture he gave me was Isaiah 32, verse 17. The work of righteousness shall be peace, and the effect of righteousness, quietness, forever. Righteousness has an effect on us. We can be righteous, but if it's not revelation to us, we will not walk in the peace that God has provided. I want you to picture with me, if you will, a home. Mark and I owned a home like this with cracks everywhere in the walls, and the ceilings. Now you can go into that home, and you can take a tool, and you can take some plaster, and you can start fixing all the cracks, sand it down, paint it, make it look all nice. But if you don't fix what made the cracks, the cracks are just going to come back. That's what this did for me. You know, you can Google right now how to deal with anxiety. And they'll give you a whole list Breathing exercises. Music you can listen to. You can exercise, you know, physically hard. The, the They'll talk about meditation, but a different kind of meditation. They'll talk about emptying your mind. We're going to fill our mind with the Word of God. But you can find all these fixes. Medication. All sorts of things. But all they do... Is repair the cracks in order to have a permanent fix we have to go into the foundation and the way that we do that is by what I call in him scriptures meditating on in him scriptures when mark shared those verses with me it was like the light bulbs went on this is why it works we have to get in we have to find out who we are in Christ who he is in us, what we have because of him, and we need to confess those out our mouth, meditate on them, and then you add, I mean, I'm a prayer. I pray in tongues all the time. I pray in the Spirit a lot. When you pray in tongues, one of the Holy Spirit's main jobs is to take what belongs to Jesus and transmit it to your spirit. So you add praying in tongues to confessing the in-him scriptures, And what are you doing? You are fixing the foundation of your soul. God loves moms so much. He's given us the most important job to walk with and guide our children, to raise them, and then help them through life. But we can't do it. We can't do it well if we're wounded. Amen? Last night, uh, when I was praying for this, for this time, something came to me, and uh, it's just coming back to me again, so I'm just going to give it out real quick, and then I'm going to pray for you. But uh, Last night, when I was praying, I saw a mom sitting at a table making a list of all the mistakes she made raising her kids. And then on the other side was a list of things she thought she probably did well and doing well now. And her heart was grieved because the bad list was bigger than the good list. And she's just working so hard to make up for that. The Lord wants you to know that there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. What that means is there is no guilty verdict. If you need to ask your kids to forgive you, do so. But it's time for you to forgive yourself. Amen. Let me pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I lift up all the beautiful moms of this wonderful church. And Lord God, I pray that they would come to know your love in a greater way. I pray that the revelation knowledge of who Jesus is in them would fill and flood their very beings. In the mighty name of Jesus, thank you for healing their kids. Thank you for touching their kids. Thank you for real solutions to real problems in all of their lives. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen.
0: Amen. Hold on a second, dear. Okay. (laughs) Wasn't that a great word? Man, alive. Thank you for coming. Thank
1: you for having me. You shared from your
0: heart, and you shared something that's gone on in your life. Before you leave us, I want to ask you to talk just for a second about the moms in Pakistan that you minister to every day. Could you tell our our online audience exactly what's going on over there and exactly what you guys are seeing.
1: Yes, I can do that. Um, so we work a lot in Pakistan. Uh, there are places called brick kilns where people make bricks. Um, they, What happens is a family, just a regular family, will have some kind of need, like a medical usually a medical need, and so they'll go to the owner of the kiln and get a loan to pay for this because there's no way that they can pay for it, and they don't have health insurance and things like that over there. So they'll get a loan, and they'll sign the contract not realizing that they just signed their life away because with the interest rate and the terms of the loan, it's impossible for them to ever pay it back. So what happens is families get enslaved for four generations. They have to make bricks for 13 to 16 hours a day, every day. Their children make bricks with them from the time they can toddle around. It's a very hard life. They'll think, okay, my debt must almost be paid. But then when they go to sit down with the bookkeeper, they'll find out, oh, your debt has now tripled. And there's no way out. So what we do is we go into the kilns and we send Pakistani ministers into the kilns to preach the gospel. These people are not predominantly Christian, as you can imagine. That's not the predominant religion in Pakistan. So people are getting born again in the kilns. Churches are being planted. We send food in. These people make $4 a day. It's not even enough, really, to live on and pay their debt. So that's the first thing we do. So people are being saved. A lot of the pastors working in there are former uh, slaves themselves. And so they minister to these people. Then what happens over time is that some of the Christian families start to get targeted by the unbelievers who are working in the kilns with them. And the persecution is very intense, um, from beatings, to, you know, a Christian family might have a daughter who starts to get raped every night by the unbelievers. Um, There was one family that, you know, because we go in and we rescue families, and there's one family that we didn't get to in time, and Mark and I had to look at the pictures of the dad hanging by his neck from the tree, you know, with his little kids around. So it's real stuff. It's intense, but we... Uh, find the families that are in the most danger, and we pay off their debts. These are debts that keep people enslaved for generations, and they range from $600 to about $2,900 is the, the biggest one we paid. When we pay their debt, they are relocated several hours away. It's legit with an attorney and documents. They will never come back to the kiln. They are set up in a home. All their bills are paid. For a couple of months, they get the dad a job, they put the kids in school, and until they can fully support themselves, they are taken care of. They come under the care of a local pastor. Apart from that, we're planting elementary schools in the kilns. These kids get no education. Some of the kiln owners let us plant a school, and so. Um, The kids get to have three classes a day, and they don't have to make that time up making bricks. So they learn reading, writing, and math, and we pay the salary of the teacher. So that's what we do in the brick kilns. And to date, we have liberated 26 families. Wow. Amen.
0: Amen. (laughs) We, uh, the Bolings came to Family Worship Center on a Wednesday night several months ago, and they were getting ready to go to Pakistan. And Family Worship Center helped them yes. uh, go to Pakistan. They rent buses, and they bring these uh, people from Pakistan into these crusades. And the Bolings sent us pictures of that crusade that we helped finance, and there were over 100,000 people in that crusade. It's because of your generosity, Family Worship Center. Mm -hmm. And we're going to bless them again today. We just knew she was a great speaker and wanted her to speak to our moms. But uh, they've not talked about money. They've not mentioned money. It's never been anything we've even talked about in the last couple of days that they've been in Murfreesboro. But we want to bless them, and we want to bless their ministry. So your giving today is making it possible for families to be rescued from slavery in the kilns of Pakistan. Amanda and I love you. We're so glad you joined us today. Let me pray a prayer of blessing over you. In the name of Jesus, this week no evil shall befall you. No plague can come nigh you. The very angels of God are going to encamp about you. Even though COVID-19 is running rapid, your family is going to be spared, blessed, and protected Your children are going to be free from any type of plague that would try to infect your home or your neighborhood. You are a blessed people, a protected people. In Jesus' name, amen.